Hey, welcome to Summer Camp Programming Podcast. Yay! <laughs> Crowd is going wild. <laughs> Fireworks. <laughs> I'm Kurt. And I'm Chris. Yahoo! Okay, yeah. This is, oh. It's like we've been podcasting all day and we haven't. We're getting all loopy. Well, we got two. We only got two yet. We got one in a, a quarter. <laughs> So today, I think I think it's because we're both excited about what we're talking about in this episode, which is escape rooms, uh, and and puzzle games in general. If if that's a thing, uh, which it should be, we'll we'll talk about it. So I know let, let's let's just start off with what an escape room is. I guess that's probably because a lot of people still don't know. As popular yeah. as escape rooms are, a lot of people still don't know. I, I was talking to somebody the other day. About escape rooms, and she was like, "Oh yeah, that scares me. I don't, I don't want to, to do that." And I said, "What, what do you think an escape room is? Oh, you go in and they lock you in a room, and it's like kind of like a haunted house, and you got to try to find how to get out, and you're scared." I'm like, "What? No, that's that's not the escape rooms I'm used to." Yeah, um, but that, it's so true. That's what parent, a lot of parents think. I mean, we even. When we created ours, we decided not to lock them in the room right? because we were afraid the kids would go home like, yeah, we did an escape room. They locked us in a room for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we get all these phone calls. And so ours, we just we have a mad scientist locked in a room. You got to break him out. And Right. Yeah. yeah I want to hear all about so that. So many people have no idea. No. So basically with a commercial escape room, uh, yes, uh, most of the time you're locked in a room, but you just have to solve puzzles that – eventually leads you to a key or a code in order to get out. Uh, there are other versions where you're in a room, you're not locked in, and you have to solve the mystery. Maybe, you know, there was something stolen, and you have to find mm-hmm. out who the culprit is, and you get a list of these people who may be the culprit, and so you have to solve clues and, and puzzles and be like, okay, this is the person before the end of the time, which is usually an hour in yep. a commercial escape room. But there are other escape room scenarios, um, such as pop-up uh, games yep. that you can use a 10 by 10 pop-up tent, uh, put your puzzles in there, and a group of four or five people will go in. They, you're obviously not locked in because it's just a little, it's a tent with walls. Um <laughs> And it's a 15-minute game. You solve the clues before the 15 minutes. You win or you don't win. And, yeah, it's just it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. There are scary commercial versions if you want to go that horror route. But if you go onto a site and you're like, oh, yeah, that's not my thing. I don't want to be locked in with a zombie. <laughs> then you don't have to be. Most of them aren't, aren't like that these days. Uh, but that's an escape room. So doing it at camp... You obviously go to an escape room. There's a lot of electronic things going on. You know, you you do the code. It turns on lights and what have you. Obviously, most camps don't have a budget for that kind of (laughs) production. (laughs) So the idea with camps is you do a low-cost escape room that is full of puzzles, but there aren't any electronics per se beyond maybe a black lights that uses batteries mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, and they can be a lot of fun. 
they could be if you have no experience or and you have no reference and and don't know really what to do it could be a horrible experience <laughs> so hopefully uh, you have some guidelines if you want to do something like this and it could be it could take some time to put together so chris tell us about the one you do yeah well one of the things so i have never actually even been to an escape mm-hmm. room besides ours and so i got your book the the escape room how to build a how to create a low cost escape room yes yep. and that's what we kind of built ours off of um, and our thing, we were trying to decide, did we want to be crazy immersive where you go in and you feel like you're in this environment? Um, and then the other problem we had is we only have so much time to like clean up and then reset up the escape room for the next group. Right. And so how much work was going to go into it? And so what we did, um, ours is actually below our nature center. So we had a basement room down there that was not being used for anything except storage. And so we moved some stuff around. Um, and so we tied it in with the animals. And so nice. we had in the basement, there was a mad scientist, the storyline that he was doing some things to the animals, you know, giving the chinchilla opposable thumbs or giving <laughs> the um, axolotls, which are like a water salamander, giving them claws like Wolverine and different things like that. And that's what he was doing in the basement. And one of the animals locked him in a closet. And so he's stuck in the closet. Please help get him out. The key is somewhere in the room use his journal, use the different things around the desk to find the key. And so right as they come down, the very first thing, there's a Morse code blinking on the TV. Um, and they have to figure out how to turn what the Morse code ends up saying, something like uh, TV input PC. And so they change the input to PC. And then he's in the other room and he's on a webcam that's connected to the TV through the PC input. So then he can kind of talk to them. He could be their help um, and everything. So we do have a little bit of some electronics in there. That's not necessary. I know another camp that did something like this. The guy just sat in the room. Like, he was there. He was part of it. <laughs> right. And you had to kind of help him figure out how to get out. And so that was one that you were locked in. But, yeah, and then most of the stuff, it stays around his desk and his journal that he has. You're reading through the journal, and you're kind of finding and unlocking things in his desk. And there's a few things around the room that you have to go, like, I know on the wall, um, we have some claw marks from the axolotl that was given Wolverine claws. Oh, nice. um, so there's there's scratches in the wall, and it's like there's four, four, three, and two. And so then that is a code for one of the locks is four, four, three, two um, to figure that out. But for the most part, everything kind of stays around the desk and does that. And that's our room that we did. But we also did, we call, we call them escape boxes, which mm-hmm. also throws people off because then people are trying to figure out how they get locked inside this tiny <laughs> little box that I have. I'm like, no. And so one of them is just all drawers. Um, and you, you work your way kind of down the drawers. Um, I'd found it on Facebook Marketplace, just this cheap thing that was like a jewelry dresser kind of thing. Um, and the other one we built, I bought one of those um, cabinets. I bought it from Menards, like the little square shelves. It has like nine squares um, that you can buy, and then I just put doors on it, mm. so you have to work your way through all the, the nine spots on the door and solve a puzzle that opens up another door. So there's so no storyline with those. It's just going no, to puzzle to puzzle. No, it's just figure right? out, figure out puzzle to puzzle. And so that one we actually use, we bring around um, portable, um, and there's certain even puzzles, like I can call a school ahead of time and say, hey, what are you covering right now in social studies? What are you covering right now in science? Because then I can create the puzzle a little bit to be almost a review for that school. So that they have to remember, like, the next lock is the when John Adams was president or something. And they'd have to know those dates to get in there. And and so then the school can actually, like, hey, 
we're even using this as a review game as well, or we tie math in with it and things like that that they're learning. But And that's what we want to do. So then schools kind of called us to bring our portable escape rooms around and use them. And it was great marketing for us, but yeah, no storyline there. That one was just puzzle games, essentially. What, what, what locks do you, what kind of locks do you use in your games? So this is, and you, I think you posted this on the summer camp pro site and it totally made sense. I use, we use every kind of lock. I went to Menards and bought every different kind of lock they have. And kids do not know locker locks anymore. And you had posted something about how you have to show them ahead of time. Here's how a locker lock works. And because no one knows, it right, is right. that is apparently a lost art. <laughs> so, that was on my uh, uh, camp and community escape room. Yes, group. that one. Yeah. Yes. So, so now that when the host brings them down to the room and gives them the rules before everything starts, she will show them. Here's how a locker lock works. Right. Let's, here, you get to practice it real fast. We also have one of those um, locks that you you kind of slide. Yes. And so we have to show them that too. Yeah. And so there's yep. a couple in there. But I have, um, I had some old iPhones that we I wasn't using, and so we just, I mean, they're just connected to, to nothing. They don't have Wi-Fi or data on them now, but we use those as well. And so oh, you okay. have to, one of the locks you have to figure out is what the code is for the iPhone, and then there's some different things on the iPhone that helps you through. Like there's a, a recording you have to listen to, oh, and then you got to play that sound on a xylophone. And the xylophone is numbered. So when you play the sound that matches the recording, you get the next lock to unlock gotcha. it. Gotcha. Very nice. So, but otherwise, I mean, we got keys. We got combinations. We try and get a little bit of every kind of lock that was out there. Right. So it just looked different. It had a little bit different feel. It wasn't all the same. You have uh, word locks, too? We do. Several yeah. word locks. Yep. Yeah. Cool. My blog, I wrote 10 uh, reasons for having an escape room. And uh, I mean, I want to run through those really quick. I mean, they're they're fun. That's number one. Uh, you can adapt the games to any story or, mm-hmm. or theme. In fact, one of uh, Philip Drake, his escape room has to do with all board games. So each kind of puzzle has to do with a different board game, and he has some kind of story like you're you're trapped in in this board game world or something like that. But you really can do all kinds of different stories and, and themes. It develops pro, uh, problem solving uh, and critical thinking skills. Uh-huh. It promotes creative thinking because they have to kind of be creative in how they're going to solve this puzzle or that. Uh, it enhances communication skills. So one of the things is when you put an escape room together, you've got different paths so that not all 10 people are working on the same puzzle. Uh-huh. So half of them go maybe to this path. The other half go to another path. But you might find a clue in path A that is needed for a puzzle in path B. And so those two groups need to communicate. So good, a good game will do that. Uh, it challenges players to persevere. You know, maybe they're like, I oh, can't figure this out. Uh, you know, what do we do? We got to keep, we only have so much time. Let's keep working on it. Uh, so players learn to work under pressure. Uh, and the other, one of the great things is that people of all shapes and sizes can participate. Yeah. You know, you look at a ropes course or team building, and maybe you do something like uh, the spider web. And big people don't want to do spider web because Mm-mm-mm. it means, you know, usually like lifting them up or maybe they can't fit through one of the smaller or the, the ones that are closer to the ground. So they're not, it just, and then the shorter people, 
might have a hard time getting up the giant's ladder or something like that. Thing is that you can do this game, any anybody, shape or size can do it. The next thing is that you don't have to worry about the weather because usually these are done inside. And uh, if you're one of those camps that does corporate team building, then this is a great addition yep. to that. Uh, if you if you want to add it to your corporate team building program. I, I'm totally with you on the different sizes because I can remember growing up at camp and you kind of had to be sporty or kind of a jock to really enjoy all the games that camp right. played. You got to be good or strong. for. But man, I would have loved an escape room because that's where I would have really excelled because it, it kind of required brains more mm-hmm. than, than brawn. And so, yeah. yeah, you don't have to worry about athletic that. ability at all in an escape mm-hmm. room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think there's a, there's a lot of different things. Let's say, I don't know if I want to do an escape room or we don't have the time for a 60 minute one, or we don't have a separate room where we can do this. There are other alternatives. So like I said, you can do a pop-up tent, uh-huh. right? You could do that, put that outside and still, uh, even if it's raining, you're fine. And then you could set up your escape room there um, and just do a, a quick 15 or 20 minute game. Yep. Melanie Dash uh, with Camp No Limits, she put together a game. It was it was a, a race, so it was a series of puzzles, and each team had to solve those puzzles, and the first one who solved them all uh, won. But it required them to constantly go back and forth to get another clue and bring it back mm-hmm. to the team and solve it. Blah blah. So puzzle races are good. You can set up a mystery hike so that the kids are solving a mystery as they're going to oh, someplace yeah. or the hike. You could do tabletop mystery games. So, you know, you talk about having a game in a box. If that same game, you do 12 of those, you could set up for 12 different cabins at different tables and everybody can work on their game at the same time. And you can converge it to maybe a, a meta puzzle at the end that involves everybody. Um, camp-wide mystery games like Clue. A lot of a lot of places do Clue. Week-long puzzle challenges, geocache, storytelling, amazing amazing race. Because yeah. a lot of those you're solving kind Almost of a puzzle. The same. Yeah. <laughs> um, and treasure treasure and scavenger hunts are, you know, especially treasure hunts can have puzzle elements and often do. So a lot of things you can do, but the escape rooms are very popular right now. Oh, yeah. And for good reason. And just because these commercial escape rooms spend tens of thousands of dollars putting together a game doesn't mean you have to. You can do it no. for for very low cost. I've probably spent more money just decorating my escape room right. to look like a mad scientist <laughs> laboratory than we actually spent creating it. So. Right. It, it was this really ugly. The basement room was painted yellow. I'm like, this is not mad scientist, you know. And so we spent more money trying to make it look that neat than so just creating the room. Are you going to? You did that last summer. So that was last summer. Yeah, we've added. We only did it with one. We only did it with our Teen Week last year. Okay. Um, because we thought, oh, only teens could handle it. Like that would be it. Um, this fall, we there was a group, and it was younger. I think they were fourth and fifth graders, and they wanted to try it. And we kind of told them like, oh, okay, we'll see. You know, I don't... they loved it. They so this year nice. we decided we're going to just open it up for all of camp and see how all of camp does age wise. Um, and so with the teen week, we'll have to change it up a little bit because they did it last year, but everyone else, no one else has done it, so we can kind of redo the same thing. Um, but all of our 
the way we, I mean, when we created ours, we did make all of our little puzzles so they could be easily switched to something just a little bit different here and there. Mm. Um, or we can add different things, add different tracks to mix it up. So that way you could still come down to the escape room next year. And there might be a few things like, oh, I know how that part's done. But there's still enough new things that if you don't remember or if you're if you're you've come before you you have something new yeah because that is one of the uh the cons of doing escape room is uh-huh. once you've gone through it yeah you, you know it and it doesn't have any replay replayability mm-hmm. uh so that is one thing you, you can tweak it but again we were talking about how camp augusta does a campwide game every seven years yep. and and they do it for that Safe. one summer you could do the same thing uh-huh. uh you can yeah. In seven years, you could do that one again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. basically, you put together seven seven games and do a different one each well, year. We did, two, like with our skate boxes, with the two of them, we'll, we'll do races. And so um, mm-hmm. we'll time you on each box. So one group does you know, box one, we'll time you. And then when group two comes to box one, we'll see who has the best time for that, too. And right. so, But the boxes are something because it's just puzzles easily every year can be something completely different that they've never done before you just put in new puzzles but yeah the room is very because it's immersive and because it's all here's what you're doing through it yeah after this year we'll have to come up with something completely different (laughs) (laughs) right right cool and do you do any kind of other puzzle you do an amazing race right we do yeah we've done that and and had those kind of activities and so we've even i mean i tie in an amazing race a little more team building we do a little more kind of the the team building activities that are part of amazing race, a little less puzzles and more of kind of the, you got to work together to lift this thing or do this kind of activity. And right where this is, I mean, really one, one person could do the escape room alone. It, it'd be hard, but they could, they don't need an entire team. And so when you created this escape room, did you have uh, staff run through it first just to kind of see, oh, did you test I've it had, out? Yeah. We have tested it with so many different people. Um, there was another camp nearby that also ran one. And so we were each okay. other's guinea pigs oh, nice. for each other. And so that way we could each kind of be like, all right, how'd you do yours? I, you know, and um, But it, it has changed so much, even just this last year, because of retreats that have come in, they'll break something that we thought, how? Oh. And the, there's no way. And so we've had to change some things up or some different locks that they, we had one kid, in fact, this he got a lock undone and then reset it. Like he flipped it around and pushed it down and reset it. And so it's like we lost that entire lock. Right. And so so now we, we have backups of locks just in case if we have back-to-back escape rooms. That's an important, that's, yeah, that's a good tip is to always have backups of your locks because they'll break mm-hmm. or uh, something will happen. If you have a directional lock, some of those directional locks are oh. not the most durable uh so having but they're cool and and Mm -hmm. campers and staff both they're like directional locks are so neat Mm -hmm. um but having a few of those are good and and especially you know i use in my escape rooms i use diversion safes so these could be with mine i have a clock and it's a wall clock but you open it up and there's like room inside that you could put something in Oh. Uh, I have a water and a Pepsi bottle that has, uh, you had to twist it and then you can take the top part off and inside you can put stuff in there. And so they're diversion safes. Basically they look like ordinary things, ordinary items that you would see in a home, but they're meant to hide things in. Mm-hmm. Uh, with those, 
oftentimes they're fragile. So <laughs> you had to either say, as long as like the campers go, oh, I bet it's in the clock. You were like, okay, let me open it up. Because yeah. <laughs> I did have a kid open up, forcefully open it up and broke the clock. Yeah. So uh, I bought one that's much more durable, but it was much more expensive too. So now I, I'm like, when they get the water bottle and they're like, I hear something inside because they can hear the key if they shake it. And I'd be like, okay, you know where it is, but you don't know how to open it. Let me open it for you. Yeah. And once I do, because it is a little tricky. And once I do, then they're like, oh, that's amazing. And they get the key and they go on. Uh, so diversion how, how are you with cool. how are you with red herrings? Are you a I fan do not, of those? Okay, so red herrings are basically for those of you who don't know, red herrings means that it's maybe you solve a puzzle or something, but it goes nowhere. It's for nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's to throw a player or players off. You can go there. There can be red herrings where you're going down this rabbit hole solving two or three puzzles and it ends up being nothing at the end. Yeah. They are so frustrating. Mm-hmm. And everything that I've read in my research is that you should not have red herrings in there. Um, unless maybe it's, it's just a, a little thing like you've got marbles in the corner of the room that have nothing to do with anything. They're just there. Something like that where people aren't spending a lot of time on them. I'm fine with, or yeah. decorating a room like, oh, there's plants over here, or maybe there's a, a, uh-huh. a box with a lock over here. But as long as they're not going to spend a lot of time on them, then I'm fine. But if if it's puzzle that even one puzzle I don't like, but if it's multiple puzzles, kids are going to yeah, get so frustrated uh-huh. over doing that uh, when you tell them, oh, yeah, that that meant nothing <laughs> at the end. We have two, and one of them is a whiteboard, and it, it, it looks like you're supposed to figure out this phrase, and there's just gibberish written on it. And all there's no anything anywhere that you would even get close to guessing letters. Like, it's just right. literally gibberish. And it's so I mean, we had a kid one time spend almost his entire time on this. He's like, I think I got two letters. And we're like, it, it's just gibberish. It was just decoration, essentially. And then the other one, and I, I can't decide if I'm going to change it or not. Um, we have two locks that are opened by the same key, a same master key. One of them opens an empty drawer. There's nothing in it, just opens an empty drawer. But we had a group try it out, and they opened that empty drawer, and then they were like, well, I don't know what to do. They could not get in their huh. head that that key might go to the other lock with a key. Like, they, I don't know. They That's all they would do would open that, and they're like, well, there's nothing here. We'll just go on and try and figure out something else. And it's like towards the end, the, the mad scientist is like, Maybe you should try that key again somewhere else. Right. So do you not give hints? Every now and then, if they're really like off, we'll try and give some hints here and there. Um, Or he'll say something like, uh, at one point you're supposed to look, there's a gummy bear picture on the wall and certain color gummy bears mean the numbers that you need. And so he'll say like, man, I am really hungry. I could use a snack or something. I wish there were some gummy bears or something somewhere so I could snack. And then that kind of draws their eye to that gotcha. that picture for the next lock. And so we kind of have it set up where the hints go towards it if they're lost. If they if they get stopped, that they we kind of redirect them towards that. But yeah, that oh, this so one group. What I like <laughs> to do is put um, on post-it notes, says hint, and I do three post-it notes and I put it on the mm-hmm. wall. And I tell them at the beginning, if you're stuck, you need a hint, you can use one of those three hints. You grab it off the, it has to be a team decision. You grab it off the wall, you bring it to me, and I will give you a hint. I won't say, 
here's what you do. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, maybe take a look at this or yeah. what have you. And so teams will talk about it, like, should we use the hint now or should we keep trying? Mm-hmm. And uh, and finally, you know, a lot of times they'll be like, okay, let's use the hint. Because if you don't use any hints, that's an extra kind of like, hey, we did this and we did it yeah. without any hints, which is cool. Um, but I think my the, the biggest thing is that as a facilitator, as a game creator, you're not trying to create a game. You're, you're not trying to beat the players, right? right? You're not trying to make it so unsolvable that you win because they didn't. Uh-huh. You are trying to create a fun experience, and you want them to win. You yep. want them to uh, to be challenged but you want to be on their side. You want to get. Uh-huh. You want them to get to the end because then they're going to be excited about it, and not so frustrated that they're like, "This is impossible." What you know? Why did we even do this? You want them to enjoy it. So, as a facilitator and game creator, remember that you are on the side of the players. Yeah, we we've gotten rid of puzzles because they've just taken so long. We're sure. like, this is too hard of a puzzle. We yep. got to do something different. Now, I do, we do the hints with our escape boxes, and it just about kills me because the kids are like, nope, nope, we're not using the hint. We're going to do this without hints. I'm like, all right, listen, I'm giving you a freebie because <laughs> <laughs> you're so close. You just haven't gotten it. And so, well, and that's the other yeah, frustrating it, thing is of being a facilitator is you, you see what they're doing, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. just do this, do that. Um, and sometimes <laughs> you just got to be like, step back, let yeah. them do their thing. And, and a lot of times they'll – I talked about the, the paths – Sometimes they'll do like a, a, a room search and they'll find a key that they weren't supposed to find yet and yeah, they'll open yeah. something. And I tell people, let it happen because that's kind of the process. Everybody's going to have find things at different times. Uh-huh. Just let them go through it. Step back and don't get too worked up because <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, no, you're uh, – uh. Mm-hmm. I purposely will not host. I will not be down <laughs> like because I'll walk down there with groups. And I'm like, nope, gotta leave. Uh, you're all right. <laughs> like, you're right there. Just do it. <laughs> cool. Anything yeah, so, to add? Well, you just put out a book, right? That has different puzzles. Oh, the 101 puzzles. Yeah. yeah. Philip uh, Drake and I put that together. And so it's if you're thinking about doing an escape room, that get those definitely the the book on building a low budget one, and mm-hmm. then the 101. It's there's a ton of great ideas in there. So we we have we've started marking stuff down to change next year for ours. Nice, so that, nice, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. We were we were when we were done. I told Philip I was like, I'm pretty proud of this book. Mm-hmm. And at first it's when we were cool. starting, I was like, I don't know if there's not. And then once we finished. Because he did half of them, I did half of them, and I was like, "Oh, there's some great ideas in here." <laughs> I, that's going to be cool. my go-to resource when I create my next one as well. Well, I got some ideas that aren't in there, so when you're ready for the next book, I'll throw you some of my awesome. ideas you can put awesome. in. Awesome. <laughs> so. uh, and thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So, uh, favorite websites this week? What's a what's yeah. a favorite website of yours? Well, I, I picked one that we used for our escape room. It's called snotes.com. Mm-hmm. So S-N-O-T-E-S.com. And a snote is, um, it's essentially, it's a word that has been, or numbers or something that has been stretched really far so that when you look at it, like you look at a normal piece of paper, you can't read it. It just looks like some kind of weird abstract design. But if you tilt the paper to where you're almost looking like down through the paper, and so you tilt it at a crazy degree angle, 
it it shrinks it in the in your eyes, and so then you can read that word. And so we have a whole snote as one of our puzzles, and as you, it's a circle. So as you turn it, you you can see like the, and you turn answer, and you turn is, and then it's like three four one two, and so you can see that. But when if you don't figure that, you know, if you don't lean in, you don't turn it. You can't tell what it says. It just looks like this really cool artsy thing that I have in a box. Um, but yeah, and they're, I, I think if I remember, I think they're free. You can you can pay a little bit to get like some special different designs and stuff. But you could just put in there what you want and they'll create the snote for you and then you could print it. And just a great, easy website for escape rooms. What, what's the website called? Snotes.com. S-N-O-T-E-S. Snotes.com. Perfect. I was wondering how you were going to explain that because it's, it's not easy to explain with words. I know. It's almost I one know. of those things. You did a good job. <laughs> Sitting here like, I'm using my hand. I'm like, no one can see my hand. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> angle it. Uh, one of my favorite websites, uh, I mean, no surprises, a lot of people's favorite was YouTube. Uh, YouTube is great for anything and they've got a lot of, uh, if, if you don't know when escape room is, there are videos of people going through escape rooms or explaining it and, and the setup, you know, check out YouTube. I spend, I think more time watching YouTube than I do watching anything else. Um, <laughs> I am on there constantly. So that's my pick for favorite website. All right. Next week, we are talking about making day camps feel more like uh, overnight camps. I, th I think this is a lot. In fact, there was a question on Summer Camp Professional Group not too long ago about how do I make my day camp feel more like camp? And we'll have some ideas for that and talk about what we've done in the past. Great. So hope to see you there. Yeah. I guess I won't well, see you there or hear you. Just uh, tune in. Have you listen to us. <laughs> please, please listen. <laughs> and tell everybody, tell everybody yeah. else to listen. And, and if you get a chance, you know, we never say this, but honestly, if you get a chance to go to like iTunes and leave a review for this mm -hmm. podcast, that would be fantastic because iTunes has this thing that it promotes podcasts in a certain niche or niche um <laughs> that have more reviews so if we have no reviews people aren't going to find us and it would be great if you could just go on and even just put ah i love it or hey whatever yeah. hi kurt and chris whatever you write doesn't yeah. matter but just uh, go on there and review us that would be a fantastic uh so thank you in advance Definitely. Well, from around the campfire, this has been Chris and Kurt. Thanks for listening and sharing and reviewing and commenting. <laughs> <laughs>